Welcome to Asking for a Friend, a Park Springs podcast. I'm Taylor, and each week I'll sit down with a godly mentor figure in my life and ask questions with the hope of receiving practical biblical advice on the crazy things this life has to offer. On behalf of my friends, of course. Thank you for joining. Hello, everybody. What's up? Hey. We're back in the podcast studio, and today I'm bringing back a long time ago guest. I'm here with Mandy. Yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, and um, if you remember from season one, Mandy and I talked about breakups. That was a fun topic. Yeah, so that was very fun. That's one of our most listened to episodes. Um, and uh, Mandy... Got another juicy topic to Yes, make. we are talking about something else very deep and fun and personal, but um, I think it's going to be good. I think that this is a topic a lot of people think about, but nobody really talks about it. Mm -hmm. So um, Mandy actually came to me with this topic last week. So I'll kind of let her introduce it and uh, just share why, you know, um, you wanted to talk about this. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting, actually, when you talked, I guess, a couple weeks ago with Amanda about forgiveness and how that can be kind of hard to forgive people. It made me think about... um, that's something I'd struggle with specifically coming from a single parent home with my dad. And I was like, Oh, that'd be an interesting topic for a podcast. And I've even thought like, there's not a whole lot of books out there of like coming from a single parent home and just how you're growing in your walk with Christ or how has that affected your walk with Christ and relationships. And so it's like, this would be a cool topic to sit down and talk with Taylor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Just talking about uh, coming from single parent homes or or even non-Christian homes and Mm -hmm. just, um, how that impacts the rest of your mm-hmm. your life. Yeah, I think that that's, that's a good one. Yeah, and it was interesting as I was like looking up some, just some statistics on single parent homes, it was like talking about how just in the 1960s, only 9% in the U.S. lived in single parent homes. But I, I, maybe there was just this culture of like responsibility felt. So it doesn't mean that those were necessarily healthy homes, mm-hmm. but people had a responsibility like to care for the kids, we're not gonna divorce. And then you get into like the 20th century and people are really, there's a lot more um, kids out of wedlock. And then it said like it jumped up to 25% of kids living in single parent homes. And interestingly, um, in the world, it's only 7%. Mm. So yeah, the U.S. definitely leads that by far, which I'm sure you could go into all the like things that contribute to that culturally or yeah, just lots of single parents raising their yeah. kids, so mm-hmm. the kids are missing out on a mother figure or a father figure. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was like 80% are single parent mothers. Oh, but wow. Yeah, there are also single parent dads for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Those numbers are crazy. And that could be from divorce, but also, you know, just a, a parent passes away or, yeah, um, so I think it can be kind of different scenarios that go into what makes up the family but yeah and those things have you know long-term impact so I think it's good that we're talking about this and Mm -hmm. um, just hope you know hopefully giving people hope that uh, you know your upbringing doesn't define you or prohibit you from Mm -hmm. it can definitely affect you but it I think it's one of the biggest things from either a single parent home or a non-christian family that can push people to Jesus which is awesome yeah, similar to my case. But. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, what was your life like growing up and 
Uh, yeah. Um, so my mom is from Taiwan. She was born there, um, but did come to the States when she was pretty young. And then my dad um, is from Malaysia, but he left our family um, and they had a divorce when I was pretty young. So I, there's not like much of a memory of him being in my life. But then as I grew older, you know, I think a lot of kids start questioning and be like, I want to kind of meet my parent if I can. And so he did come back into my life when I, um, my mom, I guess, you know, reached out and I was able to have contact to actually know who he was when I was uh, mainly in high school. Cause I remember I was like able to drive, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but even since then, and like now being in my thirties, um, I would say it's a pretty estranged relationship. We, it's like cordial and I could reach out to him if I want and I feel kind of obligated like holidays or birthdays mm. um or when we are ever we have news but um it feels like I am always the person taking the initiative mm. like he he doesn't really respond or take that initiative on his own so yeah which is seems has always seemed backwards to me like oh the parent should want to reach out to their kid um so yeah that definitely has left some deep like wounds and just different ways that it's affected me um but i think that's also pushed me to realize like god is a perfect heavenly father mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and then in terms of like religion and spirituality were you raised in church or were you raised as a believer um so my mom no one actually in our family knew the lord and then my mom wanted her kids um my, me and my younger brother to be around like good people so you're like oh okay we should go to church mm-hmm. and we did live in alabama uh, at that time and so it's like the bible bell there's a church on every corner and she's like i want to find a really really big church where they can meet you know all our needs have a lot of good people get plugged into programs um So maybe at first it was like kind of a self-centered reason for going to church, Mm -hmm. but God even still used that. And ultimately she came to know the Lord and then, yeah, it's all changed in her life. And then, um, a children's director over there, minister, she had a big impact on my life Mm -hmm. and then came to know the Lord. So I would say like, I, we first started going to church probably when I was like middle school-ish and then growing in high school some. But like it was college then, I went to um, a church, uh, the Church of Brook Hills actually, where David Platt was the pastor, and he's um, now a pastor in the D.C. area, but super missional, and that's where I got baptized. And oh, wow. um, a huge, uh, seeds were planted, I think, for missions, and just more of like, this is how I live out my faith. Um, but it was definitely the seeds were planted when I was younger by attending the church, even if it was just to be around good people Mm -hmm. and then probably growing more in college. Yeah. 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 Wow. What about for you? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. My parents, my grandparents on both sides, I think are Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I, my, both of my parents were raised in churches, Southern Baptist churches, but I'm not sure that they, I think it can be hard, um, living in the South, like even in Texas, Mm -hmm. like cultural Christianity can kind of, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that they just had bad experiences in the church and like many people, you know, experienced Christians that say they're Christians, but, uh, continue to act 
mm-hmm. in uh, harmful ways. I think that that steered them away from it. So me and my sister, we were not, I would say we were not raised in church. We would go to church with my grandma when we would go visit her in mm-hmm. Arkansas or occasionally on holidays. And my parents would go through seasons of trying to find a church and mm-hmm. then not. Um, but I didn't start going consistently until a friend invited me in high school. And then through that, well, and it's weird because Brenna was in Christian school. Like my mom put her in Christian school. Yeah. And so, so I think that's where Brenna it. came to know the Lord. Yeah. So it's a very, they're, yeah, like they don't participate, but they really love that we participate. Yeah. That makes so it's supported. Yeah. 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 They're supportive, but um, Yeah. It's definitely a weird dynamic. They're more mm-hmm. spiritual now mm-hmm. than religious. They're like exploring other options. So mm-hmm. it can be a little tense sometimes when we talk about it, but they are supportive of us going to church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that can just really, um, any kind of family dynamic, whether parents Christian or they think they're Christians or yeah, they're just not believers at all. It can be, um, it, it affects, yeah, how you view the Lord and relationships and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it it's thinking, it's weird thinking how one experience that they might have had at church can just, like, turn them away from church forever. Not just yeah. my parents. I know lots of people go through this. I have friends that are non-believers because of one experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just really. It is saddening. It's like really it, sad. There isn't any perfect church. Um but yeah, knowing Jesus and hopefully through his word and the gospel, um, we can grow and hopefully a church that believes in that, the core of the gospel and his word, like that's where someone can really know what it means to be a Christian and yeah. follow Jesus, not just in words, but in action. Yeah. And like you said, our families have such an impact on us. Like even in nursing school right now, we're talking about how, um, you know, different groups affect people at different times. So Mm -hmm. until you're in like middle school, high school, I mean, your family is the most influential on your development, your growth, Mm -hmm. the way you think about things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it becomes your friends. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, our families like, and and it's weird too, because your friends, at least you choose your friends, but your family, like you don't choose to come from, you know, a broken family or, um, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was younger and I would see like, uh, like perfect Christian families, you know, it would just make me feel this <laughs> yeah. like, the, I mean, the, yeah, who you thought would be. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's like, um, I guess I would go through sometimes questioning like, oh, why is my, why does my family mm-hmm. not look like this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely say, this is more of a wrapping up thing. We can come back to this, but just like, I, I think about that less and less now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't change my family, and I've actually been in a season of being really grateful for them. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, God works through everything, so it's not. Yeah, and sure. And like you said, the perfect Christian family, yeah. quotes around perfect it, doesn't family. exist, yeah, exactly. looks perfect on the outside. But, um, yeah, yeah, just knowing that, you know, God put us in these circumstances uh, to grow us mm-hmm. for a reason, that has been very... Um, not, I guess empowering is the word that comes to mind, yeah. but not in a way that's like, I'm better than everyone. Just right, like, you know, yeah. being grateful for the experiences I've had because yeah, it's grown me. Sure. I wouldn't have grown besides then. Yeah. I think it, we can know it affects us, but sometimes we can concentrate on like the hard things that yeah. affect us. But then I think like you're saying, you're seeing more of like the gratefulness and the good. Too. Yeah. 
that came out of that. Not saying it was ever perfect, and if I could change it, I mean, would I want the same thing? Maybe not, but, (laughs) you know, um, no, but just being so grateful and and not not actively desiring to change anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's... Or it makes you think, like, how would you want um, to live your life or differently or a family, you know, maybe in the future or... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a hard topic. It's a hard thing to talk about, too, because... um, like, I don't mean any disrespect towards my parents oh, yeah. and the way they raised me right. and the things they did. You know, it's a very fine line of, um, you know, recognizing that certain things I might change, but also mm-hmm. not discounting anything that they did. Yeah. It's very, it's a really fine line. Yeah. So I think, and there are things you would want to emulate, too. I think we have that from all of our families. Yeah. I think that's why I was a bit apprehensive coming into this topic, just because it's like, oh, I don't want to critique my parents yeah, and their parenting in any way but um when I know one of your questions later on was about like how do we honor our family and even as adults too yeah yeah but uh mm-hmm. yeah that we'll get into all of that oh my gosh. <laughs> um so the first thing that we can talk about um, and you briefly mentioned it earlier but um how do you think coming from a single parent household has impacted your view on um family, mm-hmm. marriage, and um, have you had to, you know, relearn some things now that you have your own family and yeah. growing family? Yeah, that's a, it was, <laughs> that's a really good question. I think it definitely um, had me think through, you know, the effect of not having a dad. Um, what is that like with my husband, Brian, um, being a husband, but also a dad to our son and, um, it's in a weird way. I had to kind of reorient, like, Brian's not going to be the father figure I've, ne- I've yearned for. Um, a husband is, is not a dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really actually like going to counseling and kind of working through some of that was helpful and seeing how those are two different roles. I mean, yes, a dad can be protective. A husband can be protective and provide and um, hopefully be those things. But when I had like a lack of that, then I kind of, put that on the marriage relationship where it's like um thinking oh will will you really protect will he really provide and um and maybe even some pressure of just like finding a perfect guy out there and I thought oh well there's just gonna be this really high standard because um I've I almost wanted someone who could fill that gap in that hole Mm -hmm. And that doesn't exist. There's, yeah, no guy who's perfect. So, um, and maybe that led into, like, not even being able to have a lot of healthy friends who are guys and how to relate to guys. And so I'd almost distance myself and I didn't have a lot of friends who were guys, which, I mean, you kind of want to have healthy relationships with guys, um, but then no, like, um, I think you can go on the other end of the spectrum too. I see this a lot in single parent homes where there's just a lot of going after guys. Mm, so a lot of like, yeah, mm-hmm. dating and just dating around, um, looking for that male attention. Yes. Mm-hmm. That you didn't have in a father figure necessarily. Um, and so both ends of those spectrums, I think can be really harmful and, um, especially long-term, like you might not yeah. see it in the moment, mm-hmm. but long-term. So I can t- see some in like our, you know, even in our marriage of, I'll, I'll be the first to probably be more like distant 
because that's what I did before. It was just like, mm. is this safe to share? You know, I didn't have a dad to share that with or, um, yeah. And just then, and there were some who have been kind of father figures in my life for sure that I've grown to see like, oh, that's a neat person that God's brought into my life where there was like, um, a guy from church, we had one of our elders and his wife who just, I lived with them for a period of time. And, um, I was like, oh, this is a little taste of what it would have been mm-hmm. like to have a dad, you know, and that was really sweet and, um, showed me like that relationship could be healthy. Um, but it also has like grown me and seeing how cool our relationship is in relation to God, like as a child to a dad mm-hmm. when I've seen Brian with my son and it's like, whoa, I, I never got to experience that, mm. but my kids get to, and, um, and Brian's not perfect by any means, but just like seeing him as a father has, I think affected me in a really, uh, deeper way because it's, um, I see how God is that to me. Yeah. And that's been really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely impacted marriage and relationships I have with guys and um, still working through it sometimes, too. Yeah. So. Do you um, find yourself, like, you said that you tend to be more distant. Um, do you have to work really hard to, like, not do that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like I think it's... <laughs> habits that you learn as a kid, it, you fall mm-hmm. back into them and you don't even realize it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I will like think over something or I'm like trying to decide what to say or not to say. And I am a verbal processor, but like sometimes even if it's something that I'm like kind of fearful of bringing up or mm. I might be like, oh, is he going to disagree with this? Or he it's, uh, you know, he's just like, oh, you can just say it, you know, just spit <laughs> it out. And yeah, that that just like, brings out like the you. safety, yeah. you know, oh, I'm like, yeah. OK, yeah, I can. And um you're like, okay, fine. Here's what I'm thinking. You want to know? Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, there's a freedom there finally. But it, I feel it where it's like, oh, should I say this? Should I not oh, say wow. this? Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I'm that fear or something. Yeah, and I like how you said, like, even, you know, not having a father figure, like, like it made you apprehensive of, of males in general or just yeah. of boys. And, you know, you were extra yeah. protective of your heart just from how. yeah that relationship might have hurt you yeah and I mean kind of throw back to the breakup podcast when I did have my first very really serious um, relationship um, with that guy and then that didn't work out spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) Um, it that really rocked my world of like okay this is Mm. exactly why I'm not gonna get married or I'm fearful of marriage or my dad just left because that's what guys do. Mm, wow. And that is, yeah, not, not true. It doesn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if that's the only experience you have had, which up to that point it was, mm-hmm. that can really make you just write off boys. You're like, you know yeah. what? I'm done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, no, it's, it's encouraging to hear you talk about these things because now I get, I've only known you, um, you know, with Brian and, mm-hmm. and then, James is, mm-hmm. you know, almost, no, he's two and a half. I was going to say almost yeah. three, but that's, that's not for a while, but yeah. still like I, I've gotten to see you like that. So it's really encouraging, um, hearing about your past and seeing mm-hmm. how God worked through all of that. And now, yeah. 
like you guys are a family unit that I really look up to and value. And mm -hmm. it's really, it's really special to see that and hear that we had, you know, similar ish upbringings. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's always a before, you know, sometimes we see the fruit or we see the, mm, yeah, the after effect, but there's a lot that God does. You yeah. know, and beforehand. a lot of work and pain on, on your yeah, part. A lot of hurt to work through. And yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, this is one that I was like actually curious about because mm -hmm. um, I've read the Bible and all, but um, <laughs> does the Bible talk about single parents or are there any that you could think of? The first one that I thought of was Hagar. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, oh, okay, okay I need to Google this. But <laughs> um, yeah, Hagar was Abraham's servant. Well, Sarai, which was Abraham's wife's yes. servant. Oh, and yes. so then um, Sarah didn't, couldn't have children. And then, so she was like, okay, you can have Hagar. And that's its own, you know, whole story in Genesis um, 16. But yeah, so it, but it is the first, I think, time where we really see how God met a single parent. And she, she was ultimately like sent off by Abraham and Sarah and her son, Ishmael into the desert or the wilderness. And she thought she was like going to die with her son and God provided water. Mm. And that's where we actually get um, a name of God called El Roy. And it's like the God who sees. And I think oh, even, yeah. even though that wasn't the story that was supposed to happen, like Abraham was supposed to have faith and have a child, you know, with Sarah, um, God still used Hagar and Ishmael and their descendants and he saw them. And so, yeah, it's a really powerful, I think, story of God's provision for a single mom. Um, and then the couple of others that when I was like looking it up, there was, um, Elijah and the widow and her son, and mm -hmm. that's in like first Kings and the widow and her son were um had run out of food and then elijah who was like the prophet who came um that god had sent to her um came to her home and he multiplied the oil so that they could have bread and um and be able to live really so i think god provides people and um his provision you see for single parents or situations mm -hmm. like that and then verses just of like He's defender of the fatherless and the Psalms and a father to the fatherless. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely for those orphans or for even, um, yeah, people who, children who do not have parents. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I just thought of this question, so I'm kind of you putting you on the spot a little bit, but yeah. um do you feel like you see God, you know, cause we're, God is all, God is like all of us as believers. He's our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you, um, have like a better grasp of God as the, our father since, um, you know, like My he's God. the only father that you've known. Do you feel like you yeah. grasp that aspect of his character a little bit more? Um, yeah, I would definitely think, I don't know if it's like more than a person who would have a father. Cause I think right. they could also see God in their father who is hopefully oh, like a Christian. True. That's true. Um, or, you know, if there's a godly father in someone's household, I would hope that they can see God in their dad, mm. but maybe I, I see him like differently. It's almost like a, I go to him first. So I don't have mm. a dad I can go to first. Um, and so a lot maybe of just 
in prayer. So in my prayer journals, I usually just write like, dear dad, Mm -hmm. because that's how I was like, um, it, he became really personal. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe, um, it's affected the way I pray or who do I go to first or, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's been sweet. I mean, of course I, I wish for her like an earthly sense of that oftentimes, um, but having that in the Lord is, is pretty awesome. Mm. Wow. Oh, and the other one in the Bible too, I thought of was, um, Naomi and Ruth. Mm-hmm. And so like her husband and then the two son-in-laws or sons her died. Sons, yeah. So then she had the two daughter-in-laws and how God used that. And Ruth ultimately was in the lineage of Jesus. And yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really neat story too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, I think we can go back and talk about this a little bit. Um, how do you? Hmm. I guess it's not really a how-to. It's just like an encouragement that you have, maybe mm-hmm. for uh, Christians, young Christians, uh, whose families aren't Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe an encouragement you have about that and just how to honor your parents who, who aren't Christian, you know, who don't have the same values as you. Um, yeah, I think, um, an encouragement is that like anything, God can do anything starting with anyone. And so even if you've come from like a non-Christian background, a single parent background, we, we all come from broken families. Mm-hmm. So that applies to everybody, but we, um, God can use anyone and change the course of anyone's life and direction and lineage at any time because the gospel is awesome and is redeeming. So it's neat to think like out of all of our family, no one is a Christian. And then my mom becomes a Christian, which then affects me and our family being believers that I praise like generations of believers and kids and grandkids who will follow Jesus, become missionaries, you know, just be a light that would not have started at all in a whole lineage coming from Asia that did not know Jesus. Yeah. And so I think for anyone coming from a non-Christian family and, and just, um, yeah, broken families can take huge encouragement that like God loves to take what is extremely broken and do incredible things because then in the end it's not about us Mm -hmm. it's about what he's doing um Mm -hmm. yeah and but at the same time too of i would encourage um i think like you had asked just how to be faithful in non-christian families or in families where there is a lot of anger and a lot of bitterness too Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna lie i've been really mad at my dad and before and just had a rework of forgiving forgiving and then I'm like, I think I've forgiven him. And then like something else of, you know, comes up. I'm like, oh, I got to forgive again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? or, um, but that we are commanded to like honor our father and mother in Ephesians. It talks about that. And so I think we are still kids ultimately to our parents and they have lived longer than us. And so how do we can still respect their authority and, Um, and if you're being supported by them financially, you know, whether you're living with them or there is kind of a, um, 
I think a respect there that you have to walk a, a line of, I still am under you, um, financially, or if you're living under their roof directly, but, or if not, that then I think they can see the light of Jesus by your respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want to discount just like, okay, cause I'm not, I'm an adult. I'm, you know, I think there is that age of 18, like where we're becoming adults and we're in college, but, um, even just really still honoring them or listening and not always being the first to have an opinion or, um, arguing. And I think oftentimes then non-believing parents, like even my grandparents, I've noticed over the years, they're not believers still, my mom's parents. And I've noticed over the past few years, like there's a greater respect that my grandparents have for me as I've grown and they do know I'm a Christian. And I think before I was like kind of zealous, maybe it was, Mm -hmm. but they're like, you're still just a child. You know, you can't tell me what's right or what's wrong or, um, but then over time, I think they've come to respect that and like see, oh, there is something different. There's something about your life that mm-hmm. I'm curious about now. Yeah. So hopefully you, you're not shutting down um, your parents just because they're not a Christian or because there's been a lot of hurt from choices they've made, of, you know, which might have caused them to be in single parent situations or yeah, yeah. showing them God's love too, which, yeah. can, which can definitely be hard, but. I was going to say something, but I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. I think showing thankfulness too. There's Mm -hmm. something of like, yeah, showing honor, showing respect, but it can be huge when you, kind of what you were saying at the beginning too, just a gratefulness, like, thank you for the the things that they have done. Because being a parent, now being a parent myself is so hard. So like, I have, it's crossed my mind so many times. Like, I don't know how my mom did this as a Mm -hmm. single parent. And so just yeah. thanking your parents. I think about that a lot, especially now that um, I'm like getting all sad now, <laughs> all choked up. But like, like not saying that any of our youth age kids here are mm-hmm. bad, but I'm saying working with that age and seeing yeah. the things they're going through and then reflecting on how I handled those things. Like I didn't know the Lord and I, mm-hmm. I liked to act up. I like to argue, you know, and thinking about how my parents handled that it's and how like out of it, I've been able to, you know, be a good person. And mm-hmm. to them, that's the best thing. If me and Brenna are good people, mm-hmm. which, you know, isn't inherently bad. Yeah. But hopefully uh, they eventually see like that comes from Jesus. Right. Yeah. But I mean, how they've just handled that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just am so grateful. I think that's just what I think about a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy. How yeah. like even and I think and my my parents have said this too like even though we didn't grow up in church and stuff like we never like had any major acting up spells or did mm-hmm. anything super Rebellious. with la- like lasting consequences mm-hmm. that could have ruined our lives you know they just instilled us with really strong mm-hmm. uh, character yeah values and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I just reflect on that and I I know that that was God working even all those years ago because mm-hmm. I mean we could have not had that and could have had some lasting consequences from our actions because, you know, some of my friends, I, I see that in them mm-hmm. and they have to, they have to deal with that. And, and yeah, not saying they're not working through it, but it's a lot harder for them to, mm-hmm. you know, trust others. And it's just crazy. Yeah. Like God. Yeah. 
God was looking out for us all this time. Mm -hmm. Like he, and then it makes me think about, you know, it just, it blows up into this big thing. It's like God had a plan from the beginning and yeah, you know, he's working through everything. Yeah. Um, It's just crazy. Yeah. I think one encouraging thing too, um, is that this is what someone else told me that came from like a non-believing family, but it's like nothing that we do is going to make our family um, believers or mm-hmm. nothing is going to make them come to faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only the Lord can do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, as much as like, it's a freeing feeling, you know, just yeah. like nothing I do is going to make my family come to faith. You can't but, save them. Right. But also it's like, that shouldn't be a reason to not do anything. Yeah. Cause I think that, uh, when I first got really involved in my faith, that's the, stance I took I was like oh well it's up to God anyway so I'm just not going to do anything but no like through prayer and through meaningful conversations and like you said Mm -hmm. through respecting them and their authority Mm -hmm. and being grateful for all the you know like these are things that can show them Jesus like you said Mm -hmm. not just like a hands-off like oh God's got it I'm just going to do whatever I want and barely see my family not talk to the you know like that's not right that's not going to bring them to the faith but then again nothing I do will Right, right, but, yeah. Um, there's that planting of, like, those seeds, being a light, but God is the one who will yeah. save. And uh, just something that I've been doing more intentionally with my friends, which I guess I should add my family to this. That would be <laughs> as I'm saying this, but just like intentionally praying for God to work. Like if you ask me right now, like when was the last time I prayed for my dad? You know, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I should really faithfully pray for him because he doesn't know the Lord either. Yeah, yeah, and just. Even, even for your, like those, the people that are listening that have believing families, you know, just intentionally Mm -hmm. praying. I I just love intentionally praying. That's something I've picked up lately. And oh my gosh, I, it feels like God works through those intentional prayers. And even if, you know, it's just making us more um, in tune to situations that God puts us in to Mm -hmm. be a light. But that can be another podcast. Intentional (laughs) prayer. Intentional prayer. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But. No, I think this was a really good episode. And it, it can yeah. be really hard to talk about, too. Yeah, yeah, because there can be really deep wounds and deep hurts. And it doesn't mean, yeah, that it will be easy or that it should be like, oh, I have a great relationship. I would say, like, I don't have a great relationship with my dad, but one that you can continue to work through, process through, and at least recognize, though, like, these things from my past and my family have affected the way who I am. Yeah. And I think one last encouragement that I would say is that um, because I struggled with this a lot as like a young, like a middle schooler, high schooler, where it's like, oh, look at these other families. They're perfect. And just feeling less than for Mm -hmm. my family and my upbringing, not even not Christian, like just, you know, every family has its issues, but it's so easy to feel alone in that. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage any young people listening and say like, I feel like the perfect family doesn't exist. Some people are just better at hiding it than others. And some people do go through bigger struggles than other families. Yeah. Um, But we all are growing. So no one is less than because they've not been a part of a Christian family. I think it's just the maturity. Like sometimes if you've come from a non-Christian family and you come into the Lord, you almost grow so quickly because you're just so excited and you're like a sponge soaking it up. And then a Christian, someone from a Christian family can like be taking it for granted. Yes. But I think we're all just on a journey of like growing in our walk with the Lord. And so, yeah, no family is, is more than or less than another. Yeah. And just like, uh, yeah, I just know what it's like to be, you know, wishing that I had a different family, which I don't feel that way now, but as 
I feel like in middle school and high school, that was Mm -hmm. really just, I found myself at that place a lot, but, um, you know, it it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. No, I, like, I can't think of a, you know, every family has their issues and there's things that we always have to work through and we're all broken and everyone, you know, brings their brokenness to a marriage relationship Mm -hmm. and then to a parenting role. And then those things get passed down and then it's just messy. Yeah. But, um, but God definitely has designed it. I mean, he has designed for a family to be uh, the family unit and to reflect, you know, him. And so his design isn't for brokenness and the single parent and yeah. non-Christian, you know, upbringing. But I think through those things, he redeems and um, has used those experiences in both of our backgrounds and everyone's background to draw us closer to him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, it also just shows like putting Jesus at the center where, um, you know, each each parent has like taken time and reflected on, you know, areas that they struggle and yeah. how their upbringing affected them. And just, you know, like you said, uh, forgiving every day, you know, coming back mm-hmm. to forgiveness and surrendering that to Jesus and how that can really um, impact the kids and yeah the way they're brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wanting that for our, you know, for your family now and for yeah. my future family. Like, yeah. Makes you like really excited. Like, Ooh, what is God going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. exciting. But, and then it's also, you know, saying, or at least for me, like reflecting like, Oh, well there's going to be issues. Like there's yes. going to be things yeah. I run into and it's my kids are not going to look back and be like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had the perfect parents. Yeah. Like, no, I am a train wreck sometimes. Yeah. So that's, I think when you have to ask your children for forgiveness and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just have to be super humble. No one's got it all together. Yeah. But at least you're in a sweet season right now where James, you know, there's not really much you can do to, <laughs> to hurt his feelings a lot of very patience, badly. Right yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just enjoying James and playing and yeah, it's me. It has made me think a lot about, um, parenting and yeah, that whole role and just, asking God for grace to be able to do it well and for his glory. But yeah, I can't save my kids. So hopefully <laughs> that's, yeah, um, yeah that's God a scary thought, it, but, right? mm-hmm. but maybe way down the road, we'll sit back down and we'll do a parenting <laughs> role talk. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I'll, I'll ask some questions about that, but cool. not for a while. Yeah. I mean, or maybe I'll ask next week and then, and then I'll just put it in my back pocket. For I mean, the I kind of wish years. I would have heard about like how to be a parent before I was a parent. A lot of what we're doing at the church, we just did a family discipleship event. And I think it's neat to have that in the back pocket of, mm. you know, instead of in the throes of it, you are right. equi- equipped with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love how your podcast is hopefully equipping and encouraging lots of people. Yeah, maybe that'll be a future thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mandy. This was great. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. I always love it. Hopefully, people can't hear me crying throughout the <laughs> <laughs> throughout the thing, but I think it's okay if they do. It's great. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. If you're interested in learning more about our church, visit psbible.com. Bye!